0: Good evening. Welcome to episode number seven of the EAT podcast. I'm your host, Jerry. And the big guy over there is Russ. Russ, how you been? Very good. You, uh, you had a week off last week. Uh, everything taken care of. You're all good? That rash yeah, is, right. uh, is gone? <laughs> uh, the rash is spreading. <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. All right. Well, tonight we, uh, we're going to have the power journalist, Marcos Papadatos. But first, we're going to get through current events and then we'll get right into our interview. Uh, Russ, you want to take us uh, to current events? Sure. Uh,
1: The big news is uh, Bill and Melinda Gates getting divorced. Um, I guess nobody saw that coming. Pretty much dominating the headlines for the most part. Uh, It should be noted that there was no prenup, so this will be interesting. In, In stock to her. So maybe they made yeah. it and you know, I know people always. See Bill Gates is building his empire, but she was a pivotal part in all his organization. So, well, uh, interesting to see though. Not, I don't think it will, but I think everyone on, uh, on the planet who has a TV or a phone is uh, seeing what's going on. But uh, J is <laughs> from. Ben here. Uh, going back to former
2: flame. Ben, yeah, uh, she can't
1: be alone five minutes. Apparently, I uh, spotted in months over the weekend, and uh, but they're just friends, and that's just bullshit. So they uh, goes <laughs> further. She's gonna get another ring and be closer. But I would say if she gets that ring from Ben, there should be an ass. Strict with it, so Tom Brady's right now should be safe at the moment. Um, he should for be those safe who are, for those who were big fans of White Snake in the 80s. very uh, dancer or model passed away at the age of 59. Uh, I think for the most part, they are. She was in the iconic music video, Here I Go on, uh, I forget if it was a Corvette or whatnot, <laughs> but
0: uh, here yeah, I go again. Also in
1: the, uh, I think she was also in the movie Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks. I'm not sure, though. But that's eh, yes. always sad. said. People yes. that we remember now. And uh, we're getting older and slowly and slowly uh, our idols and, and teenage crushes are starting to go now.
0: Yeah, so. it's uh, it makes you feel old. <laughs> <It> really does. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> so uh, this past weekend on uh, SNL, Saturday Night Live, we had uh, Elon Musk, the Doge father. Hosting the uh, show, and I know you're involved in it. I'm not, you know. I say this every week. I'm yeah. just not. I'm not buying crypto. I'm just not. But that's my personal opinion. But um, over the course of the buildup leading to the show, the Dogecoin exploded, and <laughs> I guess it was sell the news as he was broadcasting on on SNL because uh, Dogecoin plummeted during the show, going from roughly a high of uh, around seventy cents. And plummeted down into like the, the 40s. And wouldn't you know it, but Robinhood again restricts the selling of crypto, has a website or app malfunction at 12.15 in the morning, and social media explodes again with Robinhood this and Robinhood that. I mean, what is it going to take for uh, these investors to get off the platform? I, I, I don't use it. I'm an E trade guy myself and Charles Schwab. But Why I mean, is that- it's yeah. countless issues over and over again now. We're seeing this week after week. Russ, you're, you're on Robinhood. Tell us about it. I mean, you like you said if last week, you had the issue uh, with with selling stuff. And now, again, this issue on Saturday. What's going on over there?
1: Yeah, they, they, they can't get the, – especially having large volume. And the question is, is, is it the volume or are they trying to manipulate it? Uh, like I said, is, is the, the ease of use – I, I like the way everything reads, and like I said, is I have an each account as well, and I feel like I've got to be a damn technical analyst to understand what the hell I'm buying. Yeah, um, a lot of people, um, and I know that I'm a beginner investor for the last only last year maybe, and there's a lot of people that are similar to me that, like I said, Robinhood makes it easy, and you know, the unfortunate part of that is, you know. People that got in early with the Doge, I'm done with it. I'm calling it dog. It's just, it's, (laughs) um, people that got in early, they, uh, a lot of them think that they're all freaking crypto experts and and stock traders now and day traders. And, and, you know, it's getting tiring. Yeah. Robinhood's got to get their shit together or, you know, they got to do something,
0: but it's getting people to do something.
1: More people leaving.
0: Eventually, some with another
1: platform, that's similar and easy to use, and they're going to trump them.
0: Uh, I, I um, believe so.
1: Although, although I, I don't know. It was so much of a sell the news thing. Um, it was noted that he kind of called it a hustle, and that's when things started yes, to go down. Yes. I don't think he meant it in the fact of you know it's a scam. I think he meant that you, you got to. You know, kind of play the highs and lows, by the dips, and, you know, it's it's a roller coaster. I don't think he meant it in that way. It's a scam, but uh, I think a lot of people took it that way. And, yes, it took a big dip, and, you know, I'm I'm still profiting, but we'll see what happens. But the crypto is a, you know, crypto is a crazy roller coaster, so. And uh, do you watch anything good so, this weekend?
0: So, so, yeah, I want to get into, uh, real quick, the WWE as doing a A uh, and E is doing a documentary series on uh, WWE stars of, of yesteryear basically and last week the macho Man one came out and yes. I'm telling you after, after watching that his in-ring personality basically carried over into his real life and he was very controlling of the women in his life and then at the end of the uh, the show you see Lex Luger and I mean my God. What, yeah. what happened to that guy if, if you see lex now i mean jesus he he looks like some brittle
1: old man i couldn't believe my wife couldn't believe it. <laughs> and uh you know my my i with us she's only eight and uh she she was like who is that guy i am the, as they were showing the prime you're like he's that guy I, my daughter's like that's the same guy but yeah, my, yeah. macho man he uh I think it kind of took it, took him down a peg. You know, he was very controlling, and uh, everybody loves the personality. You know, you watch. Oh yeah, brother! You know what we're gonna do here? Is we're gonna come on, and we're gonna read the script into our podcast. Oh yeah! You know, everyone loves that personality. They did that pretty well. Um,
2: yeah.
1: loved that personality. But the reality of it was, he took that personality home. And he may not have been physically abusive, but he was certainly verbally abusive and controlling and gorgeous George, uh, you know, putting cameras in her house. Oh, man, really?
2: real?
1: I loved Macho Man, but I think it kinda I, I kinda applaud applaud byography and A and E. For Shireal him, you know, they didn't, you know, pull any punches and the uh the real macho man, and, and like I said, I don't think he was a yeah. scumbag, but he definitely carried that personality, you know, home. And and, and it definitely, uh, I, I think, for in a, you know, part way, he's responsible for Elizabeth's demise. She she got controlled so much over the years, it probably put her into such a bad mental state. And then she met Lex Luger, and he, he turned her on to drugs. And you know, you, you never know it too that that she was a drug addict and had a, and had a problem from the way she looked in the ring, you know? No, you had no idea. Yeah, no but, idea. Uh, but uh, then- surprise, in surprise news, the Kentucky Derby winner tested positive for, I, I got to read this word yeah. here. <laughs> Good, Good luck. Corda, Corda, he did math math. <laughs> um, apparently he was anti-inflammatory and for... One, it's good news. You get to keep your money for the trainers, the yeah. jockey themselves. They got to give them a deal. Um, the owner himself said that they had no idea about this. But uh, from what I understand, you have to – This you can take this. Well, the horse can take this. But it yes. has to be out of there 16 days before a race. So uh, I'm going to assume that they're allowed to take this anti-inflammatory deal from training. But once – Yep. You get closer to the race, the horse has to be on actual. So yeah, and that so wasn't the case.
2: We'll see what happens there, but
1: obviously, I don't remember this happening in such a big race. Before. I'm not really a horse racing guy, but it's pretty shocking for most people, I guess.
0: I I don't remember someone getting stripped of a uh, of a of a win in this big of a race in, in a while. And I mean, I I watch the big three. I I won't tell you I, I I go to the track or anything, but I'll watch the big three on TV just to see who's winning and who's doing what and who's there. I saw, I saw Tom Brady there. I mean, that was, well, good. That's,
1: that's half the reason people watch. They want to see what Tom Brady's going to dress yeah. like in their ridiculous freaking hats. And he looked, he looked like a, some sort of evil <laughs> villain from a freaking eighties <laughs> cartoon.
0: So uh, keep it with the NFL theme for a sec real quick. Uh, your wife is going to be excited about this. Let her know. Uh, Tim Tebow is coming back to the NFL. He signed a one-year deal or is about to sign a one-year deal with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars to uh, be their tight end.
1: Yes, and to quote my wife, she loves his tight (laughs) end.
0: I lost you here, Russ. Lost the uh lost the Russ uh defeat, I think. Technical difficulties here, but uh hopefully we'll get Russ back. <laughs> I'm gonna uh I'm gonna take over for a sec here and uh here we go. We got Russ. Russ, you oh, back? i back. I messed up that intro there. Wow, well, what I happened? Well, it's an optimum. To
1: uh, my internet speed, and apparently that's not the problem. So I guess we narrow it down. It's my computer. <laughs>
0: oh, oh boy! I guess once we become big enough, money I can buy a new computer. All right, we'll get we'll work on that. We'll, we'll, we'll get some, we'll some advertising right, going. We'll but uh, so tonight we'll go around the bases. We'll do some basketball, uh, baseball. We'll do uh, some hockey, but uh, right now we're going to get to our guest. He's known as the Power Journalist. He's won the Best of Long Island five years in a row for numerous categories. He's also co-authored an inspirational book, Manifesting Your Dreams. Welcome to the EAT podcast, Marcos Papadatos. Marcos. Hey, guys. Hi. Hey. Hey, what's going on? You. Good. How are you? Good. All right, see Russ Marcus is having some difficulties, him. but uh we're gonna try and keep him going here. <laughs> <laughs> Russ, you there? I see him frozen. Yeah, I see him frozen. You All hear? right, Marcos. Well well yeah, Russ, you're cutting in and out. Marcos, you hear me though, right? We're good to go? Perfectly, yeah. All right, beautiful. We're gonna get Russ working on his stuff. <laughs> All right, so Marcus, welcome to the show. The power journalist. Um, I'm very excited about this. Russ got this uh, this going for us, and uh, I'm, welcome to the show. This is great. I want to hear all about you. Uh, the name, the power journalist. How did that come to fruition? Is that something you created, or did someone else give you that name? Oh, the publicist started calling me that because I write the articles so
2: fast. Within like within like 20, 30 minutes, the articles are written. Boom to the next one.
0: Oh wow, that quick, huh?
2: Yeah. Russell knows because, yeah, the moment I have a I go to review, by the next by the time I get home, it's written in half an hour later.
0: Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Russ, right. you back with us, buddy?
1: I think so. I hope so. All right. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I got to ask a question. Uh, where exactly <laughs> did I cut off? Because I read his whole <laughs> intro. And then all of a sudden, I got cut off, and then you read his intro, and I made me think that, all right, nobody even freaking heard
0: me. I didn't hear anything you said. Uh, you didn't hear it was on my end. I think it froze on Marcos's end, too. All right.
1: All right. So like we said, is we're going to have to get some advertising in here so I can buy a new computer.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> um, Marcos, let me ask you a question here. So you got the power journalist name. Is that
2: something that was self-coined, or did someone give that to you, or, or how did that whole thing come about? The publicist started calling me that because I, I turned them around so quick, the articles.
0: Okay. All right. Marcos, when, uh, when you realized you had a passion for journalism, yeah. especially interviews, when did you realize this? I mean, growing up, did you just – Want to start interviewing people and, and asking always. questions, or was it uh, always is, so? Curiosity was the uh, was your, was your thing since high school, but they would never publish me
2: there because back then I was into country music and it was taboo in New York. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I could never get a country article published in my high school newspaper, and they told me you're wasting your time. But then, uh, then uh, once they got a country station in New York, I, I
0: was country when country wasn't cool. I remember, uh, Remember back in the day when country wasn't cool in New York. Also, I was like, "Oh, it'll never, it'll never be anything. This is not down south. This is not out west." Exactly. And now and the, the you number know, one market for country is New York. Now it's huge. It's un, it's unreal. I mean, concerts are selling out, and it, it's unreal. Exactly. So, Mark,
1: uh, you know, what exactly started you though with the interview process? Like, how did you do interviewing, and what, what do you think was your, uh, your, your big break?
2: In Queens College, my college newspaper, I just started, uh, they were looking for staff writers at the time, so I decided to join. And then I covered local events on campus, and people were responding well to it. I'm like, oh, I can do this for the rest of my life. And sure enough, I built a track record and a scrapbook, and then uh, I had enough success to keep going.
0: All right. So Marcus, you're... uh, You've done fifteen thousand plus interviews and counting. Um, fifteen thousand five hundred. Fifteen thousand five hundred. Uh, let me ask you: Has it has it been easy getting that many? Yeah. Well, these days it's very easy because. So I, I want to get into that. Um, yeah. Do you get turned down a lot in the beginning, and now with that, with a number like that, and the social media following that you have, and and the company that's behind you, and. Everything else is—is is the pitch to celebrities easy now? Is um, over Very the course easy. of these years, what's the pitch Very. basically? Hey, I'm Marcos. I've interviewed fifteen thousand five hundred. Let's let's chat. At this rate, they, yeah, pretty much. Or they know by the time I I finish the one, they'll have like two or three lined up for me. Okay,
2: it's good to be Prince. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, my biggest problem is who to see no to every day because every Friday is New Music Friday, so I get two to. Two, Two thousand to three thousand requests. Every wow. new song in the world comes out.
0: Oh, wow!
2: Yeah, it's good to play eeny meeny miny Mo." Wow,
1: two to three thousand requests.
2: Yeah, that that's yeah, weekly? Oh no, no, on no, oh, new music every Friday for New Music Friday. Oh, okay, that's um, like my Monday, which is yeah. <laughs> so
1: not that I'm becoming but let's say I want to become a journalist in general what do you what do you think the what do you think would be the best thing for me to do to succeed like you know what helped you succeed growing up as far as you know becoming
2: a journalist and what advice would you have for people start early like uh, get published anywhere you can join your college or high school newspaper anything write as much as possible develop a scrapbook yeah it's all about uh maintaining a record and, uh, give people a reason for them to listen to you. Like, uh, if I want to pitch somebody, I'd be like, Oh, listen, be a fan of their work. Uh, show them like a review of their song, give the publicist the reason for them to want to pitch you their client. It's all about relationship, this industry. All
0: right. So Marcos, how, how long have you been at digital journal? And I know your position now there is the editor at large. Was that something you immediately, immediately went into or, was that something that eventually you got elevated to?
2: I got elevated. I started, I think, uh, when was it, 2013 with them. So I've been with them eight, eight and a half years. Okay. like, a year or two, I got elevated to editor at large for music and as a demon. So that was cool. And,
0: and how has it been working for them uh, with COVID oh, and everything? And how, how has it been working with them with COVID and everything? Are you working remote, basically, at home? Or yeah. Well, I, office, think I'm or, I mean, I know there's not a lot of shows going on right now, but I was busy than, than
2: ever. I'm busier than ever because people have. Although the events are getting canceled, people are like re- releasing music day and night. They're working on some stuff. So now there's more time for them to talk to you. Okay. Uh, every publicist is on their computer trying to like uh, do work. So of course, they switch it to Marco's because they know it's going to get done. <laughs> Boom. Pow. <laughs> <laughs> how it with works. COVID. With, the with,
1: with COVID, though. You
2: miss going to CD. It's just this meeting people in person, the interviews. I, do. I mean, everything's got to be on the computer now. And it's- yeah, it is boring. I miss, I miss the outside world. Like, like 2017, I reviewed 282 shows that year. Now, this year, it's still zero. Wow.
0: It
2: was fun. Wow. Three times. And then um, last year, I only did 33 shows, and that was before COVID. So, yeah. Well, yeah, COVID mean?
0: started March, so yeah, you had that oh. that quick little thing going, and that was it. No, it was sad. It was uh, I
2: got asked you,
1: um, yeah. a, you know, a journal. You know, you love them. You know, put them aside for a minute. What would be your What would be your dream media job? I mean, Rolling Stone, something like that. Like, what would be your dream job to be to hold? <clears> hmm. <throat> <clears throat>
0: Am I frozen again? No, not at all. He's
2: thinking, (laughs) even though Uh, I love Rolling Stone, even though lately (laughs) I feel (laughs) like there's not enough music. What's that? Sorry, say that again, Russ. No, 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 i was waiting on your
1: answer. What would be your dream job
2: to hold Rolling Stone? But like in journalism. Back when it covered music, not like all the other reality stuff that it could cover these days in the politics.
0: Yeah, no politics, no no politics, no reality kind TV. Of, kind, of like, you know, kind of like MTV.
2: Yeah.
0: Like MTV in the years that it played music, like
2: eight,
1: eight years of music. So yeah, I don't, I don't even know if they have music anymore. I mean, they just run reruns of uh, was a Rob Dyrdek show, uh, ridiculous, Jersey which Coast. I do enjoy. But uh, you know, I saw a thing the other day. That said, uh, the world only started going
2: to shit playing music. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Well, there's no, it's sad. It doesn't play that much music. It's all like the real world and stuff. Like, really, come on. I miss it. I miss the old days when I miss the pre-order. You yeah, think about it, you know, Older, you know, you went from Saturday morning cartoons tunes
1: to the MTV one countdown Saturday morning. And you got yeah, well. to see what was popular, two different kind of, you know, the MTV was edged one being more of the laid back, but you kind of sat yeah. there watching all the music videos Saturday morning.
2: I love that stuff. That's what I live for. It was like the coolest thing. Remember back in like the two thousand, It was like Smash Mouth, all the boy bands. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so Marco's uh, 15,000 plus. <laughs> Blink. Gotta love Blink. 15,000-plus interviews. You name it, you've basically done it. Um, Artists, athletes. Can you give us – who has been your favorite? And I guess if you want to do athlete and artist for us, who has been your favorite in each category that you've interviewed and why? Stevie Nicks, Tina Turner. How come?
2: The rock goddesses, the queens of rock and roll. And, you know, it's like their careers speak for themselves. And uh, Aerosmith. Steven Tyler and Brad Whitford of Aerosmith was a fun one. Armin Van Buren in electronic dance music. Uh, oh, yeah. Megadeth, oh, Dave Mustaine of Megadeth because he's edgier. He was like, had some politics, and it was cool. It's uh, You get all these different genres. It's cool. It's, you never know what they expect. The,
1: uh, did you do him in person or the phone interview or, or what?
2: Phoner, phoner, phoner. I would have thought that would be cool. Right. That would have been cool, yeah. Dolly Parton right. was a fun one. Who? Dolly Parton. Dolly, Dolly Parton. Parton.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she's got a huge accent.
2: <laughs> and, uh, and in sports, my favorite is Caleb Dressel. Watch him this summer at the Olympics. Caleb oh, yeah? Dressel, the swimmer, my favorite. Yeah, you're very big into the uh, the swimming
1: and the track. You're going to break
2: all these world records. Yeah, I love
1: track. And Mondo, and a little Mondo. Well, since you're big into the swimming, you ever ever touched on Michael Phelps? Which one? You ever touched on Michael Phelps? Did you ever meet or interview
0: Michael Phelps? Once. That's the uh, greatest of all time in my book. No one's going to come close to that guy.
2: I also liked Ryan Lochte was a fun one for me. I loved him. I feel he's very
0: misunderstood.
1: Was that pre or post the uh, the drama that he
2: had? Post. It was like uh, two months ago, and then last year. So we spoke twice recently. And I, you know, I my heart goes out to him because you know he, he's done so much for our country, and he's like the second most doc, decorated swimmer out there. And he's trying to make the team this year. So, and he's older. He's the only swimmer that's older than me. It's crazy. Everybody else is like teenagers. <laughs> All these college freshmen, it's crazy. That are coming uh, on. So I gotta ask
1: now what uh what was what was your favorite ex- you know, in concert experience or sporting event? Like what was one of your favorite couple of your favorite shows that you've gone to or, or sporting events that you've been to that really you know, were in your top five? Queen
2: and Adam Lambert, Billy Joel, who I've seen like a hundred times.
0: Well, that's got to be up He always there. puts on a good yeah, show. I've seen always. quite a few too.
2: He really does.
0: Elton John.
2: Elton John, with uh, Hillary and Bill Clinton sitting right behind me.
0: That's interesting.
2: I had better <laughs> seats than them. Being
0: a journalist, <laughs> and uh, oh god, so
2: amazing. <laughs> oh, I guess errors. that's what. You- yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> you you're the you power journalist to get better oh, seats god. than Bill and Hillary. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The two, uh, uh, oh gosh. Uh, Conscience. I should know this. <laughs> <string of> <laughs> Imagine Dragons. I love live. They're amazing. Really? Imagine Dragons. I haven't seen them. Yeah. Um, so good. And have you ever so, seen Coldplay? Yes. At a yes MetLife Met Stadium. Met Life? Yep. Very good. I
0: love Chris Martin. Russ and I uh, saw Coldplay in. In Philadelphia. So, and, oh, <laughs> yeah. We went to Philly. Uh, with, we went to we Philly went to with Philly, our new Philly Philly Ranger shirts on. <laughs> and and stayed
1: in a mold-infested
0: hotel that we got kicked out of. Oh, boy. Uh, what a story. Uh,
1: <laughs> but we started, uh, we started live at the Eagle pull Stadium. Pull in Lincoln Financial Field. And I know a lot of people have comments
2: about Copeland, but they put on a phenomenal. They're great. And yeah, he's, they're a great. Nice, he's a really nice guy. He's a great interview, Chris Martin.
0: I think we lost them all. the
2: music played,
1: depending on what section you were in, lit up him, would be flashing different colors. And, and as far as as an entertainer they 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 put on a really did a great job
2: yeah He's such a nice guy chris Martin.
0: so marcos who uh, we have another- who surprised who surprised you the most in in your interview uh history now let me let me ask you if a surprise could be something you thought went really well that you didn't think was going to be that good or even something that you weren't even that interested in doing but but ended up doing and they were like, oh, it wasn't that bad after I was done and this person was interesting. Who would fit that that topic? Back in like 2011,
2: I was about – uh, 2010 or 2011, I was about to quit journalism and then I interviewed Joe Jonas and he was like the nicest guy in the world. And that's back when the Jonas brothers were, were in their peak. So I'm like, oh, if, this, if these kids could be respectful and like uh, humble, then there's hope for the rest of them. Okay. That surprised sure. me and uh, – one of my worst shows ever was Marilyn Manson at the Paramount. Really? Wasn't yeah. that the show that he, he walked was? off that stage? Time, He did like a Valentine show. He he did like the same two and a half songs over and over. And he like flipped the audience off because he I was having a bad time. And then he stormed off the stage. Wow. So I had to, I had. To, it was me and Newsday. We had to break out that show, that, that review to the world. And it went viral for the wrong reasons, but it was just,
0: he was just a train wreck. Marilyn uh, Manson. Just, and uh, just piggyback. who would you say, go ahead, Russ, go ahead. No, no, no. no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm good. All right. Yeah. Google Marilyn Manson. Well, I'm
2: just going to go. yeah. well, piggyback off that.
1: Well, I'm going to piggyback off that and sort of, okay. Aside from Manson though, what interview would you have gone into? Really excited and came out disappointed. They, just didn't, they really
0: disappointed you, if you're willing to say that.
2: Sebastian Bach.
0: Really? Yeah.
2: So you were excited to see him. He turned out to be a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, over the phone, yeah. I guess What's that? I guess he didn't he didn't know that he was supposed to do the interview with me at that time. He called me and then he's like, I need my effing and coffee and he had to call me later and then it was like playing teeth getting all those answers. It was horrible. Oh, he was like a true train wreck. I had to like prompt him for like every answer and his answers were like stupid and like boring. So yeah. Wow. It was like what a, what a dude.
0: <laughs> Marcos, who would you say <laughs> who, who would you say was the biggest influence for you uh, in your career? In journalism or just in music? Uh, in journalism, like you look up to, and I'll, like Larry King, Howard Stern is a good interviewer. Oprah Winfrey is a good I interviewer. Love, I love Howard Stern,
2: and I I love Howard Stern. I love the uh, Edward R. Murrow back in the day. Remember the Good good Night and Good Luck was one of my favorite movies when it came out. I just love like a real, like Ernie and Ashlo's, like real storytelling, positive people. And Greek helps, you know, I'm into the Greek people. (laughs) As Russell may know, I'm the biggest Chris Angel fan in the world, so I love that stuff. (laughs) People, Greek, Long Island, and all that stuff, it helps. All right, so I'm going to throw a curveball in here from your
1: mother because I know your mother has been a big big support system for you who are yeah. people in your life not in journalism yeah. your
2: mother Chris Angel is one of um who else all these uh, I like Tim Tebow that you mentioned earlier because I love like the philanthropic work he does with all these hospitals around the world him I've always wanted to interview I can never get him but if you're out there, Tim,
0: I'll make some time for you. Wow, you haven't had Tim Tebow yet. That's a that's a good one.
2: That's a good is one, wife. but
0: I know he sons a lot of them because I feel like
2: they wouldn't do do him justice. So yeah, I feel I could get it, a good story out of him because I'm I'm anti TMZ. That's that stood me out in this business. All right, the
1: uh, I'm going to ask a couple. Uh, uh, one would be you look very excited <laughs> yeah. um, so first question is in the tri-state area big venue though you're talking uh, the, the, the Prudential Center in Jersey the God, Jones Beach uh, either the Barclays Center or the Coliseum what would be your big venue really uh,
2: you love to see a show in Manhattan, it's MSG, Madison Square Garden, Beacon Theater, and, and you know, Radio City, Carnegie Hall. And
1: now, what would be your best local spot? I mean, you got you've got Mulcahy's, you've got. What, Paramount
2: and Huntington.
1: Yeah. I've been there a lot It's a great Huntington. place to see a show.
2: Paramount and Huntington.
1: It's a great place. <laughs> He's really driving
2: home. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Oh, so best venue it. of Long 2021. They know <laughs> what they're voting. Best <laughs> venue, <laughs> 2021. Paramount in Huntington. Right. Um. And I missed Revolution. Oh, Revolution used to be fun before they closed it. That was. was it? Yeah, that was a fun one. Intimate. It was nice. I saw some good shows there.
0: Russell? I think we lost Russ again. No! <laughs> Russ, are you there, yeah. buddy? Am I here? Yeah, I got you. I got you. No. Yeah. Now we hear you. Yep, we got you. All right. All right. Well, For, what a, I was saying, what for about guy the guy that upgraded his internet...
2: <laughs> I know. Oh, God. That was like too small. Yeah, I got I you, 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 yeah. you. Oh, Russ. Right. That was forever that was, ago the crazy donkey.
1: I know, but they used to have some decent shows there and then uh, the one that was in Patchog that changed names. Um, oh yeah, the Emporium.
2: The Emporium. They have venue. It was there. I hated no. that venue. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I never ever but it was uh I mean we lucky Prime
2: Spot just Lucky, you're not missing much. You didn't miss much. <laughs> I hated that. All right. But I,
1: I didn't really hear great things. the whole
2: great in Manhattan, too.
1: Yeah. Did you ever go to uh, was- 89 North? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Many times. <laughs> Some things about that one.
2: It's good. It's good. Uh, a lot of the... Idol alums played there, and they did like a lot of the, the emo bands played there. You know, the guy William Key, the guy from Yellow Card, played there. It was fun. Okay.
1: And uh, I guess I meant to ask this before, speaking about Idol alums. Um, you said Queen with, with Adam Lambert was one of your favorite shows. Uh, I I, I always liked Queen, and after seeing the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, it, it, it just exploded. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Enjoy them, And as even though, obviously, Freddie's not coming back from the day, maybe if you give him the code, no. uh, <laughs> but uh, I heard Adam Lambert is, is phenomenal. And uh, I heard they still put on a great show. And uh, I really want to see them. And you enjoyed them that much.
2: Yeah, so were great. And the moment they retweeted my review, I was the happiest guy in the world when <laughs> <laughs> tweeted I was like "That's like a childhood dream come true when they liked it so much we...
1: alright that's that's great Um, I guess moving part of the Donna Drake show and that was CBS how did that come about and what, what was your role there yeah
2: how did that come about associate producer today? you were associate producer when we co-authored the book together What's that? Now you sure with them? Yeah, I, uh, I we co-authored a book together, "Manifesting Your Dreams." She had a chapter, and I had one, and then we just clicked, and uh, yeah, it's been really great. The Donna Drake show. Did I lose you again?
1: Um, well, we were going to touch on that next with the inspirational book. What, what was your motivation? So the, behind that and, and, and writing a book with that?
2: I was approached to write it uh, many, many years ago, and then I wrote it. And then it, it came out like one or two years later, and I forgot what I had written because, you know, I write so much, and I to publish a book, it takes like one or two years minimum because it goes through edits and publishers and deadlines back and forth. And when we, you're writing it with other people, everybody has to like be on board and whatnot. So, yeah, it was just telling my story in 15 pages a chapter, and it was great. Plus pictures and uh, yeah, just uh, shared uh, what sparked me. How I was the kid from that like country music in New York that made it empower power journalism as the best of Long Island.
0: You know, you've won uh, you've won five Best of Long Island awards. Or yeah. you no, know, I'm sorry, you've won Best of Long Island five years in a row in numerous yes. categories. That was so uh, great. Best poet, best blogger, best personality, best author best blog, best Twitter. I'm sure I'm missing one or two, but, um, what are you most proud of out of all the awards you've won from best of Long Island? And what haven't you won yet that you want to get this year or next?
2: Uh, I was happiest that I got the personality because that went to my childhood hero, Billy Joel, so <laughs> it's him. Like to be in, just to be in the same sentence with him and Brimstone is like incredible. It's like two great people. They do so much for Long Island, um, Brimstone and, uh, Billy Joe. And I think I've won everything that I qualify for because everything else, the only thing it's like mascot, but I, they have like a <laughs> mascot or what else? Yeah, there's nothing else that I qualify for, so I'm happy with the four that I won. But
0: we keep adding categories every year, so who knows? Maybe we'll get you baking or barbecuing or something. You could do that next. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> My mom is to made for best finish five, but she's too she's too side to submit. She should submit for her cooking, but she's, uh, she's like, Marcos, you're the ambitious one. I just listen to you. I'm like, okay, mom, but I want you to win for the best food, the best spinach pie. She, she gets robbed every year. We know she has the best <laughs> spinach pie Long Island. Just ask Ricky and Alan. <laughs> My
1: wife loves spinach pie, so I might have, I might have to test Let's it. Let's over. It there.
2: <laughs> we'll, get, we'll have a trade for you, Russ. All right. So I'll uh, her to win. Uh,
1: you know, obviously, I'm assuming you're all happy with the digital journal. But where do you see yourself in five to ten years? Like, you, Is there anything like you more you want to accomplish? I mean, you know, do you have larger dreams? I mean, where, where do you see yourself, roughly?
2: I want to go to twenty-five thousand articles, and maybe by then I might open my own PR firm because, look, I'm—I do the publicist job better than they do at this point, at stage of the game. So, yeah.
0: So, ten thousand right. articles, you'll be there tomorrow, right? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah,
2: we'll see. Or I might—I might turn a lot of these articles into books because, you know, I've, d- I've done a lot on the same people, and I could easily turn them into books. So that'll—that'll that'll keep me painfully busy for the rest of my life and on work that I've already done. So it's exciting. These times, Russell. I'm so happy. Best job in the world.
1: And that's, that's the whole point, I guess. We want to enjoy what yeah. we do for a living. And uh, you seem very excited to talk about yeah, it. I can work really... seven
2: days a week all day long. It's, a, it's pleasure. It's not even work. Telling the stories, it's all about uh, bringing it to life and doing it, doing them justice.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerry. All right, Marcos. This was great. I thank want to uh, want to thank you for coming on. The girl was mine. Love the stories. Um, when you hit twenty five thousand, come back on again and uh, let us know how the next ten thousand have gone from the from the first fifteen. Love to hear all about okay. it. You guys can uh, find him on Twitter at the power journalist yeah. and uh, Russ anything yeah. else? Yeah, I only got two requests. If
1: you ever get to interview Tim Tebow, my wife gets to be there. <laughs> and, and if you ever get to <laughs> if you ever get to interview Kate Beckinsale or Anna Anna Kendrick, uh, I'd like to be
2: your security <laughs> for the day. You got it. You
1: well, got my it. wife just yelled in the other room. I heard that.
2: <laughs> for Tim people you got it.
1: I Understand? If I could pull Anna Kendrick with this with this mug, I mean, I am the Brad Pitt of fat people.
2: But <laughs> if I could pull Anna Kendrick. My
1: wife got to give me credit for that.
2: I tried for her once, but it was during the Cubs time, so I could never get her. They declined me back in the cups days. Wow. Uh, I forgot what label she was. Yeah, my wife the just yelled.
1: Okay. Thank, thank you very much, Marcos. It was a pleasure having you on. And like we said, is get to those 20, 25,000 and uh, hopefully we'll again and can share some more stories. Yeah, thanks, Marcos. We'll some spinach pie.
2: We'll get you some spinach pie, WrestleMania.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, definitely some spinach pie. Yay. All right, All right. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Bye, WrestleMania. Bye, Jerry. Bye. Later. Bye. Bye. Wow. All right, fifteen thousand and counting. That was fun. It's a lot. It's, yeah,
1: it's a lot it's of a work. Lot.
0: Absolutely, it's a lot of work. But you heard uh, him, Russ. He cranks them out like it's nothing. Uh, you know, he gets two thousand yeah, requests. I, right? I mean, oh my god,
1: that's crazy. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I don't even know if I, yeah. I get two thousand emails. I just go. Whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we sent you that email. Yeah. Oh, I must have not got it. Sorry. Oh, you said that five days ago? Oh, right, yeah, so- 5,000 emails later. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's buried. It's buried amongst the, uh, we're trying to reach you, but your car is extended. <laughs> and you have high student loan debt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so let's... Uh, Let's get into some hockey here because uh, there's a lot going on with the playoffs right around, right, right around the corner. All right. Uh, we'll
1: jump right into the East division. Uh, the Penguins have locked that one up. Um, and for most I believe that's probably the toughest division in the, uh, in hockey. Uh, I would have to agree. Um, but Washington yeah. came in a close second. Uh, and Boston, the Islanders us and uh you know the Rangers had a shot there for a while, and then some craziness happened, and they kind of, well, they imploded against the Islanders first for two straight games, and that was the uh, season right there. That was, that was the season, and then pretty much had the craziest ending to any season I've seen, at least. Uh, but we're going to get into that after yeah. we uh, finish it. Uh, Jerry, you want to take the Central?
0: So you got Carolina. Carolina's won the Central. They uh, they surprised me. They uh, I'm honestly with Tampa not having their two big stars. I guess you could say you didn't think Tampa was going to win the division, but I don't know. Carolina with with Tampa getting their two guys back, I think Carolina is going to get beat in the playoffs anyway. I think Tampa's coming out of there, but you got Tampa in second, Florida in third, Nashville just clinched that last spot, and for the first time ever, we are going to see an. Florida, Florida, or Florida Tampa Bay playoff series, and I think Tampa's coming out of that no matter what. Uh, Tampa's yeah. going to roll through them.
1: Yeah, they. Uh, I don't see the Panthers keeping up with them, but it should be interesting seeing a uh, interstate rivalry in Florida that never happened before. So, the uh, the bigger question though, in the Central though, is if I'm understanding this correctly, you got Carolina who finished one of the best records in the league. And Rod, mm-hmm. Brendan Moore is not signing an extension. I mean,
0: yeah, why? What's I don't going know, on something, there?
1: Something odd there. I mean, listen, I can understand if they won the cup last year, or or if this is the year they win the cup. But to not sign an extension there's something interesting going on there. I mean, I don't know where he's from, but maybe he likes to reside out west and sees the the Coyotes job and wants to go home. Maybe he came from the you know the upper. Uh, upper Northwest and wants the, the Seattle job. I don't know. It's just odd that the success he had with Carolina won't
0: sign an extension. So it's kind of a interesting situation. So I'm thinking you have uh Ron Francis in Seattle, right?
1: Yes. He's the GM in Seattle.
0: So ha- that's the connection. connection. That's the connection right there. Now money's going to talk. I mean, money's going to talk. So, if Carolina blows away Seattle's offer, if it is Seattle or Arizona, I would think he would stay. But as far as going to a new team, I would be up for the challenge, and he probably might win the Coach of the Year award for, for this year. And then going to a new team, if they have the same kind of success like Vegas had with that expansion draft that's going to take place and the trades that are going to happen so that certain players get, get taken and, and not picked – that might entice him enough to go there and say, "Hey, I uh, I want to compete and probably try and win a cup as an expansion coach." So maybe that's the uh, deciding factor for him. I'm not sure, but I would say money talks.
1: Uh, it does to a point, but you know, there's definitely something going on behind the scenes there that he won't, to an extent. There's something, yeah, definitely fishy there. But yeah. Uh, so we're gonna move ahead to the Norano is just. Dominated the shit out of everyone. um Austin oh, yeah. Matthews has got 40 gold and uh you know you got Babcock was there and uh and, and, and Matthews together. Now that now Babcock's gone and they are and they are playing together. And uh, look what Warner's doing too as well That He was playing very, very well. Edmonton, you know, gave a fight in uh, <laughs> 53. games.
2: Um, 100 points,
1: 53 games. And I think it's kind of funny is because people I guess it's the Canadian media. are kind of use saying, "Oh, he scored 40 goals against the shit division." But yet they're praising McDavid for scoring 100 points in the same division. It kind of there's a yeah. weird flow there. Um You know, Winnipeg also got in there, and Montreal's holding the last spot. Uh, I don't know if they locked it up. I think they only needed a win or so because Vancouver and Calgary uh, had so many makeup games to play, but they were so far behind. They have to win out. I know if Montreal finishes fourth, they're going to play Toronto in the first round of the playoffs. That's going to be a huge deal in Canada. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: I got to tell you, I'm not a fan of Montreal. I don't like them. I'm not a fan of Price, but I would love for them to upset <laughs> Toronto, Toronto, Toronto would burn. They would. Yeah. Toronto would burn. They would light the city on fire. Yeah, uh, they had a great year. That, that would be, and it, first of all, having gone to Montreal, that would be the biggest party in the world if they knocked them out. Even if they didn't win the Stanley Cup, if they knocked out Toronto, that would probably be good enough for them in Montreal. And I can only imagine the celebrations at Shea Parve. So, <laughs>
0: um, yeah. So, uh, t-
2: interesting to see.
0: so out west, you got Vegas controlling the top spot. You got Colorado right behind them. You had a strong season from Minnesota, who's in third, and St. Louis just basically squeaked their way into uh, the last spot for fourth. Their second yes. half of the season was a uh, was a struggle, though. I'll tell you, St. Louis. Yeah, not they're not lucky.
1: getting the Bennington magic anymore. They, I mean, nope. they were they were way down below what Vegas, uh, Colorado, Minnesota did, and uh, I think Minnesota was a bit of a surprise. You know, Kaprasov really. Uh, I think he's probably going to win Rookie of the Year. Um, they played well, and Vegas just continues to be a uh, continues to be a monster. But Ken, now I guess it's kind of funny because. You know, past two years what they've done in the playoffs, but if they fail again, do you start you know, blowing the team up but making changes, and do you start to kind of
0: call them chokers a bit? Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be uh, – it's, it's going to be there. It's going to be the uh, the elephant in the room, basically. Yeah. So getting so, – than- Go. So McDavid, like you were just saying before, is 100 it's points – in- Nick Jesus. <laughs> 100 points in uh, 53 games. First time it's been done in 53 games or less since the 95-96 season when Mario Lemieux reached 100 in 38 games. And Yager, Yami Yager did it in the same season in 52 games. And let me just tell you, uh, in 95-96 – Connor McDavid wasn't even born yet. The guy was born in 1997. <laughs> you, know, you know what's crazy to me is that, you know, we can debate the,
1: the, the, I guess, the Gretzky era at a different time. But to do what they did in 95-96, you started to have much better goaltending and much better solid defenses throughout the league. Yes. Um, you know, the, the goaltending style changed. You had the Waz and you had the Rodors and Hashik's, you you had some real solid goaltending. And yep. to do what they did, and even the defensemen as a whole, the defensemen were much better shape and the schemes were much tighter. Um, so, so what Lemieux and Yager did is just absolutely incredible. And just take 100 points in 38 games is just <sighs> – could you imagine if you had fantasy sports back then and you had Mario oh. Lemieux? That would be out of control.
0: Jesus, forget it. So, so well, let me ask you, Russ. Uh, McDavid, greatest player in the world right now, but the the chatter off to the side is he had this great video game-type season against a subpar division. So my question to you is, is it that he's just the best player in the world and is playing in a video game, or was the goaltending and the division being subpar what, allowed him to rack up all these points that he uh, he did this year?
1: Probably a little bit of both. I think it has to also do with you're playing the same, you know, a few teams. You know, I did get a little mundane, but you start to learn these teams and they were just dominating, you know, him and are just dominating left and right. But uh, I still think he would have put up similar numbers in any other division. He, he, he's He really is just, you know – you know, I, I can't explain. It. Austin Matthews is an excellent goal scorer, but McDavid is yeah. just all around the speed, the wherewithal, oh. the, just everything. He's he's just unreal. And I yeah. I, I, I can't help but say it: if you put him back in the, I think he could put up similar numbers. I think nobody would touch him. I don't think you could. You know, the game was much more wide open then than it is now. You know, people argue all yeah. the physicality they were fighting. Yeah, right now, if you really look, the game now is much tighter and more physical. Yep. on 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 a more physical, you know, in general. Whereas people people take that physicality for fights. It's not the same. The league is much tougher now yeah. and much tighter defensively than than it was years ago. So I think he would just he would run him up back in the day. But just some sort of the things you do is. <laughs> There are defensemen that know he's coming and can't do anything about it. He just blows past
0: them. Yeah. So we had some uh, some coaching changes that just happened uh, recently. Rick Tockett's out in Arizona. You got uh, John Tortorella not coming back in Columbus. The big question here in New York is: is David Quinn going to be staying with the Rangers? Today was the uh, the moving day. They packed up their lockers and their stuff, and as of now, I haven't heard anything about uh, Quinn leaving, but uh, there was a big shakeup at Madison Square Garden last week, and I want to get into this for a second with us being both big Ranger fans, and John Davidson and Jeff Gordon both fired after the Tom Wilson incident. The Rangers put out that statement calling for the head of uh, player safety, George Paro, saying he's unfit for his position, and then Chris Drury gets named both president and general manager. thus. <laughs> I want you to start here. Tell me what – when you watched all of this transpire, what went through your head? Um, well, the first thing is is the Tom Wilson incident,
1: it was a scumbag move.
0: But – Absolutely.
1: Was it as egregious as the letters stated? These hard, No, it was a cheap shot on Butch, sure. Sure. Um, sure. Slamming Artemi to the ground. Was a dick move? and could have ended badly, but we've seen people comparing it to the Bertuzzi thing. Uh no. Listen, it was a they were meg move, but you know, all right, he got the maximum fine of five thousand dollars. Maybe he should have been suspended for a game, maybe. But he says they made it out to be. But I do laugh at the comparison that this was fined five thousand dollars for squirting me with his water bottle. Yeah, and seriously. Yeah, Wilson does this, but they break. They send out this letter calling for Paros's head. You know, it should have, people agree that it should have been handled on the ice. If they handle it on the ice that night, there's no letter the next day. They took it into their own hands. You know the way, I guess. People describe hockey karma, and it it, it kind of made them look soft and whiny. And it's, yep, it's like, all right, we're trying to protect, cover the safety of our player. All right, we're a bunch of whiny. You know, we, we didn't get our way, and, and we're a bunch of. Whiny. The aftermath, though, is apparently Jeff Gordon and Davidson had issue <laughs> with the letter, but that's the thing is we don't know what the issue was. Maybe they did want to handle on the ice the letter. I don't know. The word is that Davidson was instructed to fire Gordon and he said no. And they were both fired. But then to come out and say, Oh, the fire they're underachieving. That's crap. Listen,
0: if That's you're under crap, absolutely.
1: Saying, if you're saying you're underachieving, then the first person that should go is Quinn. And if you look yes. at what they've done, is any other division at the time of the firings any other division except for the central, they would have been in a playoff spot. And the central, they would have been out by two games. Uh, they would have been, uh, or two points, they would have been out of a playoff spot. So- They were in the mix no matter what. We got we got dicked because of the division we played in. And that's fine. But to It's say fine. Say they're underachieving and they're unrelated. Listen, they had an issue with the letter. And like I said, is we don't know what the issue is. So to, to judge what side you're on is hard. And, you know, and a lot of people love John Davidson and he, this was brought in, he was brought in for his dream job. And, and you know, he's a, a legend here, but, you know, I really feel bad that he, cause I don't see him, you know, like I said, it's hard to know what his stance on what the letter was and to say they're underachieving after two seasons and showing what this team is, is, you know, rebuilt to, I, that-
0: it was just a bunch of crap. So I, I'm i going to choose my words wisely here, but you have an owner who is an absolute jerk-off that people don't like. And you saw what he did with the Knicks for all these years. And he let Glenn say there, whether you liked him or not, run the team the way he ran it. And the owner did not do anything. You didn't hear yeah, from him. He said you shit didn't see him. You didn't see him. You didn't do. Any- he had. He was off. You know, playing in his band, and you know, going to Nick games and, and doing whatever else he was doing. And the Rangers were fine. And then three years ago, you had the let that other letter come out that they were going to rebuild, and that was fine. You scrapped the team down to nothing. You accumulated your draft picks. And you said, we're going to rebuild. You won the lottery two years ago with the second pick. You drafted a kid. You brought in John Davidson. You had Gordon here already. You won the lottery altogether this year and you get the number one pick. Did you, ex- and you're the youngest team in the league. Did the owner really expect the Rangers to make the playoffs in the the gauntlet Of this division with Boston, the Islanders, as much as we hate them, we know they're a good team. The Capitals, the Penguins. I mean, how delusional can you be? And I know it's your team, but you lost Panarin for a dozen games. And that derailed things from the get-go. If he was in, in on the team for those games, I think it's a different story at this point. And you're not underachieving. And the injuries bit them. The last two games against the Islanders, you lost, and that was your season. I get it. But you, pr- you practiced the concept of we're going to do patience. We're going to build this the right way. I-, I just don't get the firing of the GM, the firing of the president, and then you put Drury in place. And whether you liked him as a player or not, I, I don't care. I don't care if you liked him or not. He was a good player. He scored big goals. He's been involved in big games. Fine. I think at this point he interviewed for other jobs and didn't get them or passed up on them or whatever the case was. And in New York now here, I see him interview and he's got the deer in the headlights. This guy is so over his head right now in this, that within three to four years, I guarantee this guy is gone. Absolutely gone. I'm not a fan of him to run this team. You had two guys in place that next year was the playoff year. And if you didn't make it next year, you could have cleaned house with the coach, the president, and the, everyone else and said, hey, we're scrapping this. It didn't work. But to go on an, uh, out on a limb like now after the letter and everything else with Tom Wilson, firing these two guys and putting Drury in place, I'm not a fan of. And I'm as big of a fan as you are with, with this team. We've gone on road trips together. We've gone to new, you know dozen games all the time. Spending boatloads of money and the way they launched these two guys, absolutely disgraceful. And the owner is a joke. I mean, it's unbelievable what he's done to this team. Go ruin the Knicks. Leave the Rangers alone. They had the right idea, and you totally just screwed the pooch with what you did last week.
1: No, I agree. Listen, you, you could have, you could probably find arguments of Gordon, you know, but you know, even even so. It was nothing that deserved firing. We had a winning record, played in such a touch to tough division. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it was all a bunch of bull crap, saying it was unrelated. What were you expecting? You know, we said we are going to rebuild. They put the promise that, uh, you know, we were going to see a cup again. But, like I said, we the one of the youngest teams in the league and toughest division this year, roughly. You know, you were expecting a cup this year? I mean, listen. The playoffs, it didn't work, but it's not like we were like, uh, you know, you know, our record was twenty and thirty three. You know, I mean,
2: I mean, it completely no. sucked.
1: We progressed as
2: at the bottom of the league season
1: went on. And like you said, is you, you, you lost for over a little bit. Um, you lost essentially. You lost Mika because he played like shit with with COVID, struggling with yep. that. You know, yep. I mean, listen. You know, overall. I think we had a a decent season, you know, and I I know right now the big issue is, is what are they going to do with Quinn? And interviews. So you're wondering if it comes tonight or tomorrow. Um, But my thing, I used to not think Quinn was the right person for this team. And I only started to change a little bit in the last week or so. Because obviously with Torts out in Columbus, Um, the possibility of, of Brindamore, if he, uh, Gallant, you know, is still a little free agent, I guess you would say, uh, people are talking on Facebook and blogs everything like it's already a done deal and how Quinn isn't the right coach for this team. But I had problems with the fact that you had all these too many men penalties all last season early this year. It did, it did stop, but that's a, that's a coaching penalty. That's, that's, that's on him to not manage. Uh, him switching his lines yep. around um, a lot and not sticking with people, letting them develop chemistry was an issue. Everything as a whole. Panarin furthered himself from he became a much better player. Uh Ryan Strom oh, yeah. from that bowl. He means that Panarin was out. Strom kept producing. And people arguing that he's not a second-line center, I still don't think he is. But the guy produced great numbers. He th- yep. Even Mika thrived under Quinn. He got either. Uh, Fox went from, a, yep. went from a rookie to a Norris Trophy candidate under him. Lind- Lindgren went from a rookie to an excellent, little, tough, stay-home defenseman. Uh, I think Truba himself I, really wasn't that great. I thought this year he was excellent, and I, I know some people. Keandre Miller played well in the beginning of the year, but if you look, he's yep. kind of fell off and looked like a deer in the headlights the last the last bunch of games, especially I'd say maybe the last twenty to thirty games. And I think Truba carried him, and then Truba going out, I think Keandre suffered a little bit. He had um what he showed at the beginning of the season, but that's that's another story. Um, I still think he's a good kid and a lot to develop, but if you look at that, played well. Blackwell played very well into him this season. A guy that's a noble, nobody knew who he was. He thrived under their yep. this season. Yep. Capo Caco. Uh, people harp on goals and, and points. There are points. Um, people harp on the, that he didn't get a lot of points. That's great. When you get points, tells me you didn't watch the fucking games because he, his play itself was exponentially better than last season. He looked a lot yep. more hungry, yep. better on the puck, yep. looked better defensively, and even Lafreniere. He struggled in the beginning of the year, sure. Last 20 games here, he's really turned it on and looked, looked very good. So if you look at the team as a whole, a lot of people, and in Butch, Butch has had a career year, so all under Quinn. Yep. So you, you could put the argument that people have thrived under him. You know, we had a – winning records. So I kind of got torn now. Do I still think he's the absolute coach. <clears throat> I don't know. A little more I'm a little more willing to say all right, let's let's go forward
0: a few months ago. I'm afraid that this new GM now is in place and he's going to get an itchy trigger finger and deal two or three of these young kids for a Jack Eichel or an enforcer and somebody else. And I i don't think that's the right way to go. You're going to have another well, lottery pick, wherever that's going to be for this year. You're going to have a boatload of cap space. Uh, resign these guys that need to get resigned, and let's roll with this team one more year. Well, and if, if it doesn't work, then you get rid of Quinn at that point
1: i'm fine with bringing in the enforcer uh, but i still want like an enforcer that can play hockey not the, the yes the Dylan Mac-, Mac-, Mac or or colt Moores that couldn't play hockey yes. you know i actually want somebody you know granted it'll be a fourth line player but you need somebody mm-hmm. to be feared you know people say oh we had brendan we had brendan lemieux lemieux was cool he was supposed to fill that avery role but he didn't really. Avery, Avery actually, you know, could play hockey and was more of an agitator. Lemieux, do you think anybody actually came into the garden was like, "Oh my God, the guy Brendan Lemieux, we gotta," you know, I liked him. Don't get me wrong, but I agree though with adding some some big brick, something that's gonna fight but still play hockey. As far as the Eichel goes, no, no, I think that you know they. Buffalo killed him, but he's already got a $10 million cap hit. You add that to Panarin and Truba, uh, you know, right there you got thirty nine. Uh, sorry, $29.6 in cap hit. That's fucking ridiculous among three players. Put us yeah. In cap and I brought it up before that if you look what they did in Chicago, they gave Kane and Case both $10 million. This is after the Cups. This is – Yep. This is after the Cups, and since then, they've gone downhill and been in Cap Hill. And those are two great players. Yes, they, they yep. deserve that money. They brought them a bunch of Cups to Chicago, and they deserve that money. But it put such a hindrance on their cap. So trading for Eichel would do the exact same thing, and there's a lot of people to re-sign. All the kids have got to be re-signed in the next year or two. And granted, if you're trading yep. for Eichel, you're trade some of those people away. You're going to trade – Probably a butch or or a cackle, or whatever. It's going to take something large to get Eichel, but you're still going to have to resign people. You're not letting. You're not trading Igor, so he's going to need to be resigned. I imagine he might get a decent contract if he has a good year next year. Uh, you yep. got to resign Fox if Fox if Fox wins the Norris, he gets resigned next year. Fox wins the Norris, you're probably Forget paying it. another seven eight million right there. You're never yep. going to be able to afford all these people. So that, that's my feeling on uh, the Eichel.
0: I uh, I, I say roll with this coach one more year. I don't want to see Messier here. I don't want to see Babcock here. Listen, he had a young team in Toronto and ruined that. Now you see how good with God. somebody else. I I don't. I, maybe Gerard Gallant. Okay, because I think <sighs> I he was Gallant, good. in Vegas, like I, I love Gallant. But
1: like I said, is I, I'm becoming more understanding that you know maybe Quinn deserves another year. But like I said, I'm on the fence with it. I, I, if he told me he's fired tomorrow, I, would probably go with it too. Um, like I said, as a couple of weeks ago, if he told me he was fired, i have been like, all right, good. Looking back at it and everything that's changed, maybe it's not such, you know, maybe that's not such the case. So,
0: yeah. All right. Well, it's going to be interesting. We'll see. But let's get into some baseball here. Uh, as we go, the AL East. We got the Red Sox leading with the best record in baseball at 22 and 13. The Yankees, big surprise here, only two games over 500 at 18 and 16. The Central, you got the White Sox with a one game lead over the Indians, who I might add have been no hit this week. I'm sorry, have been no hit this season twice already. For a second time. (laughs) Yeah. And then in the West, you got the Athletics with a twenty-one and fifteen record, but they're getting challenged by Houston at eighteen and sixteen. The whole division is only separated by four and a half games. So I mean, that's, yeah, they're, that's they're, cool.
2: they're,
1: they're a tight one out west. Um, moving over to the National League, uh, the Mets hold a sorry, the Mets are holding a one-game lead over the Phillies, but they keep doing Mets things. And Jacob Degrom now is on the injured list. Uh, yep. So you got that, and then the big story is the rat-raccoon incident between McNeil and uh, Lindor. So they got into, uh, nobody's really saying, but they pretty much got into a fight in tunnel over a discrepancy on a, on a ground ball earlier in the game, and uh, players ran into the tunnel to break it up and you know, af- asked afterwards, Lindor said he saw a giant rat, and they were trying to argue because McNeil said it was a raccoon, and just fucking say you, you guys fought each other and got your, got your grievances out. But uh, that was pretty typical interesting. Met. I guess it is typical Mets shit. And, you know, nothing surprises me anymore with this team. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the ground going on the injury list stinks. Uh, hopefully soon Syndergaard will, will start throwing again. But the ground thing is he had lat tightness and then you see him in uh, warmups, shagging balls and, and they made a big deal about him. Oh, catching a, a high line drive, and next thing you know, he pitches half the game and gets tightness. So, but we'll see what happens there. And uh, in the Central Division, the Cardinals keep rolling along at 20 and 14. Uh, they're starting to open up a lead on the Brewers, and basically, this is the Cardinals' division to lose. So, oh, yeah. Unless they catastrophically uh, you know, meet their demise, I don't see anything bad happening. Uh, I don't see them uh, losing this division. So, um, the West, though, is the wild, wild West up the rear side <laughs> San Fran taking a taking a position in the dodgers and the dodgers i think at one point they were 13 and 3 they've lost 15 of the last 20 games they've lost five straight yeah, what series happened? and uh, yeah, they they're looking for answers they uh, what happened there i don't know they just they went ridiculously hot to start and then uh, the are complete opposites uh, since then so
0: so uh, in the uh, in the last week, it had John Means, never heard of him, from Baltimore, throw a no hitter against Seattle. Wade Miley from the Reds, who I've heard of, no hitter against the Indians. Four no hitters this season, not including the Bumgarner, seven inning no hitter that we discussed previously. Uh, yeah. Over the top of your head, Russ, how many more do you say we see this uh, this season? Would you put the over under at seven? Seven total, three more.
1: I don't. Know, I don't know about that. I told me there were four no hitters in the first whatever you know, thirty-five games Month? of the season. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see the odds on that one. Right? But, uh, yeah, I don't know, but I, I laugh, though when you say John Means is you never heard of who he is, and I know who he is. He's the fucking <laughs> asshole that when you play fantasy <laughs> baseball, the other guy has him matched up against you and you throws a no hitter. Where did this guy come from? <laughs> yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about, too. Yep. No, you're playing your yep. fantasy baseball matchup, and all of a sudden, this guy has this nobody throwing no hitter against you.
0: Yep, and then oh. your season's your your week is done at that point because that yeah. guy just put up sixty points.
1: <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I guess the uh, the other news, the sad news in around uh, major league baseball, is Albert Pujols was uh, pretty much released by the Angels. Your first ballot Hall of Famer, no, no, no doubt about that. Kind of sad to see. You know, I, I think if anything, the, the, with his career, they should have let him finish finish out the season. Even if he just, you know, spot started, uh, they should have just let him finish out the season. I, I felt bad. I know David Ortiz and a few other players uh, publicly were pissed at that, but it's the same. Seeing this guy, this legend uh, career come to an end for
2: the ball.
0: It'll be interesting to see if he uh, he catches on somewhere just to finish the season and uh, and then retire at that point. But he's going to the Hall of Fame, hundred percent going first ballot. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the NBA. Uh, we'll let you put the West. So so in the East, you got Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, all clinched their spots. The surprising Knicks holding on to that fourth spot. You got Atlanta and Miami rounding out the top six. That play-in little mini tournament that is coming down the pike is going to be Boston, Charlotte, Indiana, and Washington. Unless something strange happens, the Bulls and Raptors are on the outside looking in, I don't think they get in. What do you got out no. west, Russ? Uh,
1: out west, you got Utah, Phoenix, the Clippers, uh, Denver, and Dallas have all punched their playoff tickets. Uh, Portland hasn't clinched yet, but they're right there. Uh, the Lakers filled a seven. That's the big news is – Can LeBron, you know, get going? You know, the injuries and everything have mounted up this season, so they've had it tough. But they're right now in the play-in tournament. Um, They're right along with Golden State. This is San Antonio. Um, New Orleans and Sacramento are on the outside looking in. I'm interested to see how the Lakers and Golden State react with this play-in tournament. But the, uh, you know, Lakers are a good team, but uh, the injuries have taken us, you know, falling down right now.
0: Oh, yeah. So. All right, Russ, let's get to some gambling. What do you got coming up for the uh, the degenerates? <laughs> All right, so my first week. Yes, it's a
2: dragon.
0: You got a dragon? My... Oh, boy.
1: Dragon. Oh, let's see. All right. We got a, <laughs> we got a dragon on the back
0: here. <laughs> So anyway, uh, I believe my first... NFT, it. make in- it an NFT. I had two. Yeah, I got you.
1: You got me here? Am I losing connection again?
0: Yeah, I got you. Oh, no, right. we're good. Go ahead. So
1: my first week didn't go so well. And two wins, five losses, one tie. One push. Uh, But I rebounded the second week with two wins, one loss, two pushes. And one of those pushes uh, was PSG with a goal in whatever it was, the 90th minute or 89th minute that was uh, VAR and taken away. So – but it was pretty good. Um, (laughs) Last week I wasn't on the show, so I didn't get my picks, and I actually did pretty well. So Um, we're going to roll into into this week. On Wednesday uh, I'm going back to Belgium – uh, they're just a, That league is just a scoring machine. They're in their championship group. Uh, I got Gank at home versus Anderlecht. Uh, Gank's coming off a 3-2 win and a 3-0 win. Anderlecht is coming off two straight, 2-2 draws, all scoring. Uh, the over three goals is at minus 120, so you got some good good odds there. Uh, continuing Wednesday, you got Italy. Suasolo at Juventus. Actually, sorry, Juventus is at Suasolo. Um, over three one twenty three, um, pretty good odds right there. Uh, basically, Juventus is sitting in a Europa League spot and needs to overtake Napoli for a Champions League spot. And I believe me, with the with the prestige of being Juventus, they do not want a Europa League spot. They want that Champions League spot. Oh, wow. uh, Sassuolo. At the same time, I hope I'm saying that right. Sometimes you get these teams. That you don't know you <laughs> <laughs> They're fighting as well, trying to get into the qualifications for Europa League. So they're still right there, um, fighting with Lazio. Um, so I definitely can see this being a 2 1 game, but this really is a must win game for Juventus. Um, moving over to Thursday, back to Belgium, Antwerp versus Club Rouge. Uh, Antwerp is coming off as basically the same thing a 2 2 draw, uh, a 3 2 loss, but scoring. Club Bruges, 2-2 draw, 3-0 loss. Um, But same thing, every game went over three. So I'm sticking with the same cycle, over three goals, minus 110. Um, Then we're going to Germany. The the DFB Pokal, the Deutsch football bund for the German Bundesliga. Basically, if you don't win the the Bundesliga championship, this is pretty much the second-best trophy, and teams still go all out. Uh, You got Red Bull Leipzig versus Dortmund. They just played the other day. And I believe it was a 3 2 win. And they didn't even have Dortmund, didn't even have Erling Holland. They're hoping to get him back, but they just played and it was a a bunch of goals. Uh, That game is over two and three quarters at minus 103. So you got great odds there. And not only do they win a trophy, um, believe it or not, winning trophies is a big thing over there. The winner qualifies for the German Super Cup, which is basically they'll play the winner of the league, which is Bayern Munich. Um, in like a super championship game. Also, they automatically qualify Euro- for Europa League if they haven't already qualified for Champions League. So there's a lot to play for in that title. Uh, Saturday, we're going back to uh, Belgium. Gank and Anderlich play again, and this is all in their <laughs> championship group. Basically, what they do is you have your you have your you know 15 teams. And then at the end of the season, you'll have the top six teams or top four teams play like a round robin tournament to decide who either then plays in the championship or, or wins. So they're playing again. Odds are not out on that. But look for the same thing. Over three. Belgium okay. has done nothing but score for me this year. And uh, that's the thing is people they're not like a, a huge league like a, a Serie A or French League One. But they still play in Champions League, and there's still a decent enough league that uh, you can find value in. Uh, Sunday, uh, right now, Midgetland – I love saying that, Midgetland. <laughs> uh, they're playing Randers, and Midgetland is at home. They're looking at – they just won 3-0. Um, um, they won 3-0, and then they had a 3-1 loss. Sorry. But right now, they're looking to win the top spot. And Rangers is pretty much out of it. So I'm going Midgetland minus one to win by, you know, one goal, uh, minus 125. Uh, At the same time, back to Belgium, uh, Bruges and Antwerp play again. So that's the same thing. Odds are not out, but you're looking for the over three. And like I said, it's just Belgium. You know, Every year there's always a couple leagues that become the niche scoring leagues, and this has been one of them. And to round out the – to round out the gambling picks, is <laughs> actually back to Denmark. Uh, Copenhagen versus Bronby. Copenhagen has had eight straight games of three goals or more. Oh. Yes. You know so, what that
2: means? <laughs> yes, they're going to get shut out.
1: Um, what do you call it? Bronby just won three to one, and five of the last six of their games went three, three or more goals. So right now they're sitting at over – Two and three quarters at minus one twenty-two. So good odds there, and that'll conclude the betting portion of the uh, the show. And all my papers just fell down.
0: <laughs> just remember, uh, guys, don't bet over your head when we give you these. It's, and, le- uh, and listen,
1: if I start going on a bad losing streak, then take all my picks and just fade me.
0: There you go. Just go the other way around. That's all.
1: So spend, uh, spend we're going to the other end way, our show with the the quote, uh, WrestleMania quote of the week common sense is like deodorant. The people who need it the most don't you know, don't ever use it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this was a good show. Next week we're going to be on Wednesday at 7:30 Eastern. We're going to do a little uh joint podcast show with Weirdo and Beardo. They got their own show. They're into uh, crypto and stocks. They uh they're from Boston. So we got the Boston New York thing going on. And apparently there was a Podcast beef that really wasn't on Twitter. We're going to get into that. We're going to find out why they got into the podcast uh, world, and we're going to pick their brain on some stocks and some crypto. We'll get a lot. We'll get into a lot with them. But uh, find us on Twitter at the Eat Podcast. Tomorrow, the stream will be on Spotify. Enjoy your week, everybody, and uh, have a good night. Peace.